Good morning, everybody. Good evening, good afternoon. I'll probably start on that since there's five, but I hope you don't mind. Hello, everyone. How is everyone today? Are you feeling good? If you are, that's brilliant. If you're not, then today I'm going to be your distraction fairy. I hope that's politically correct. Anyway, I'm going to be your distraction fairy. That's, that's a phrase, huh? What's that phrase, huh? Okay. So today, I decided I wanted to talk about things to say and things not to say to someone with a mental illness. And how this is going to work today, I'm going to say the things that you shouldn't say to somebody and I'm going to give examples of what to say instead. And I'm not just going to say one thing and then say another thing. I'm going to give a little bit of a situation of when this might be said and how someone might feel about it. And I kind of want to see if I can change some people's perspectives of what's being said. And before I begin, I would like to say that the people who do say the things that you not you, that you shouldn't say or what I think you shouldn't say... Obviously, everyone's got the right to speak freely and speak however you like. But um, I want to say what not to say for people who may not understand what they're saying to someone. Because some things are quite stigmatised and they're very common things to say. And a lot of people have probably said them and they've overheard someone say them. So they think it's okay to say it to somebody. And I they may not have 100% thought out what they're actually saying and how it might affect somebody. They might say it in a positive way, but for someone who's receiving that information or that advice, it doesn't come across as helpful. So I just kind of want to set the record straight. I'm not pointing at a specific person. It may be someone who's doing it on purpose. It may be somebody who genuinely doesn't know how it's coming across. So... I just want to give a little bit of education to you all just just to kind of help you through and hope you see things from different perspectives that may actually be able to help you help someone else in the future so i just want to jump straight into it so the first thing i would say not to say to somebody when they're not feeling particularly great is snap out of it The phrase, snap out of it, is very, it can make people feel worse, it's, it's very invalidating on people's feelings and it, it inadvertently gives a message that you don't care, even if in fact you do. To say someone to snap out of it when they're having a depressive episode or a BPD episode or the the centuries are overloaded or so on and so forth and you say snap out of it you may think it's a tough love statement but it really doesn't help because I can speak for myself and I don't know how many people will agree with me but if someone told me to snap out of it while I was in a depressive episode that would kick me deeper into the depressive episode that will not make me snap out of it because if I could snap out of it I would 
I would snap out of it as soon as I was able to gain consciousness. I, I would be trying to, in that depressive episode, I'd be trying to snap out of it full stop. That's the thing I'm trying to do, but I know at that moment in time, I haven't got the capabilities to do so. And that sometimes can make me feel a bit upset. And that could be part of the depressive episode or the panic attack or whatever the situation may be. That is something that wouldn't necessarily help. So, instead of saying snap out of it, you're asking someone to talk about it, ask if they're okay. I ask if they're okay, if they say they're not okay, what's wrong? Do you want to talk about it? Do you want to tell me what's wrong? Come, we can deal with this together. You know, something supportive as such. You know, do you want to talk about it? We can get through it together. We can make some steps to get out of it together those are really supportive ways to make people people who are having a depressive episode or a panic attack or whatever the situation may be it's for them to feel like you actually care and lets them know that you want to help move forward with the situation and even though you may not know all the answers sometimes thinking about things a bit logically because i know when i'm in a depressive episode i'm very emotional i'm very in my feelings and to have someone who is very logical and go okay right this is the problem this is what we can do this is what we can't do if this doesn't work then we'll try this if this doesn't work then we'll figure something out together and then that kind of calms me down and i think having that kind of statement put to someone who is in that state may actually be able to calm them down so that's a little bit of advice for me the next one is just forget about it now as someone who's been through my own personal traumas and have been through my own personal things that have really stuck to me and has shaped me as a person of course having the phrase just forget about it is the same as just snap out of it having whatever's traumatic to a person isn't something that can just you can just forget about because it's traumatic the same way if you see someone be killed or the same way you was nearly ran over or the same way you would have an experience if you nearly died would be the same way if someone had a certain thing happen to them or they witnessed something or they heard something you're not just going to forget it you wouldn't say to a war veteran just forget about the war and move on you know that they have ptsd and it's going to affect them for the rest of their life It's going to be something that they're going to move forward with, something they're going to need help with, something they're going to need some guidance with. Some people may not want to get garnished out away, but at some point, they're going to have to try and, and learn how to deal with how they're feeling and their emotions and having flashbacks and so on and so forth. So saying just forget about it, trust me, they've tried to forget about it plenty of time and it's not going nowhere anytime soon. And that's what they're trying to do. But just saying something that they're already trying to do is not going to make it go away. So instead of just saying, just forget about it, again, ask if they want to talk about it. And if they do talk about it, then say, that sounds really difficult. How are you coping? Ask questions. Ask if they're okay. Ask if how they're coping. Maybe try and distract them if they're going through something that they can't get out of their brain at that moment. Maybe asking them if they want to go for a quiet walk or if they want to go shopping or they want to do something that they want to do. Giving them that option can help. As I've said before, in plenty, 
of other podcasts and I will say now I'm not a professional I do not claim to be a professional this is I'm speaking as someone with experience someone who has gone through this kind of situation and someone who has had half of these statements said to me and it doesn't help number three is stop being so dramatic okay this cannot scream I don't care more stop being so dramatic now I know people with BPD tend to get this quite a lot and I can imagine if you're autistic you may get this quite a lot if you're having a sensory overload so the phrase stop being so dramatic that's the kind of same sense of not kind of validating how you're feeling and it's a very harsh statement it's a very I'll get over it kind of statement and it doesn't help it generally doesn't help and a lot of these statements are not really going to help it just kind of shows how you're not really willing to find out what the problem is because you just it's a kind of a selfish statement it's about you being too much for me i don't want you to i don't want to understand what your problem is i just want you to conform to how i want you to behave and that's the kind of message that you kind of brings across even if you don't feel that way that that's the kind of message that can kind of come across so instead of just saying stop being so dramatic again asking questions ask how they are ask how um how can i help you know is there anything i can do to help you feel better what's the problem and if they explain what the problem is and you understand their condition if you understand people if you understand that and you know someone who has autism and you understand that or you understand someone who's got depression or anxiety or whatever mental condition the person has and you understand that that's one of the main main symptoms or it's normal to have that kind of symptom reassure them that what they're going through is normal if they know that it's normal they probably won't feel so bad because they're probably worrying am i being too over over dramatic am i being too loud am i making so much of a scene but i know that this doesn't feel right to me and i don't like it It, it's a scream for help in a way that they they can only get out because some saying the word help isn't as easy as people may perceive it to be so again asking if the one to talk about it asking what the problem is not what's your problem but what what's wrong you know say something i can help you with uh, you know this is normal i understand don't worry we all go through it this is a normal thing reassurance is the main thing of what you would respond to somebody but when no matter what issue they are going through so that being said and oh this next one this grinds my gears it's really grinds my gears the next one is insert name here has had it worse now there are a a vast array of mental illnesses out there a vast array and more are being named and being discovered and being looked into more and more each day there's so much research going into each mental illness so not everything is discovered and everything uh, every mental illness acts differently within each person so a person with depression two people with depression will not act the same two people with autism will not act the same 
and sometimes it can differ from gender to gender. I know that women with autism and men with autism act completely different. I know people with BPD, there are, there are different types of BPD. So there's no same, there's no same person that's going to act the exact same way. Even twins do not act the same. So to get compared to somebody who has this illness or this thing that's had it worse than you or they've had the same situation done to them and they haven't acted the same way as you do or it don't affect the way, it's all rubbish. And I'm sorry, comparing somebody is not a good thing to do. I, I personally don't like people comparing. I, I don't see why you would compare one person to another because we're all different and we're all unique in our own ways. We all have different stress levels, we all have different management levels, we all have different tolerances, we all are different. So to compare one person to another, no matter if you're friends, family, brother, sister, auntie, uncle, mom, dad, comparing people is, is not a nice thing to do. Not for either one of those people, unless one person's an arsehole. So to compare someone and tell someone oh well so and so had the same thing or so and so was in the same accident or so and so had the same thing happen to them and they snapped out of it though you may think you're giving an encouraging word saying if they can do it so can you that is not how it's being portrayed unfortunately how it's being portrayed is if they can do it why can't you you're not as good as they are you need to do it how they did it that they have done it the right way you're not doing it the right way and that may not be how you intend to get the message across that may not be how you intend for it to be perceived but that may be how it is being perceived and what again what you should say or what i personally believe you should say to someone who even if you know someone who's been for the same thing if if it's any different want to ask that person to talk to that other person because they can have a conversation together and they can go yes i've had that too i understand you or i have empathy i understand what you've been through because i've been through something similar so i understand this this uh, point and that point and this and they can have a conversation together or if you just want to talk to them then don't mention that other person unless you say i know this person they've been for the same thing would you like to talk to them but comparing two people comparing two people and two illnesses or two situations is not going to make the other person feel like you're listening and feel like you care it feels it will feel like they're just being compared to somebody feel like they're being judged and the last thing that they want to feel is to be judged they want to feel like they're being reassured and that they're understood and that they just want to feel normal and they want these feelings to go away and with any reassurance that they can get that will help so number five and again i've had this one as well from ignorant people and i mean blend ignorant people not people who are trying to help are you in a mood again now with someone with bpd and someone with depression you have your you you 
you don't know when you're going into a depressive state. You don't know when you're having a depressive episode. You don't know when you're going into a BPD episode. And generally for people with BPD, you, you tend to be irritable. And little things tend to annoy you. Where they seriously irritate you. And to a normal quotations, in, to a quotations, normal person, that wouldn't really irritate them as much. It'll be like a, oh, never mind because they can deal with that. That, that, that's their tolerance. But our tolerance isn't as great as yours. Not always, and I'm not speaking for every person with BPD because there are different types, and at another podcast, I will talk about that. But there are different types. And to say, are you in a mood again, is going to put that person into a mood because you're basically calling them a grumpy arsehole. And they don't like being called a grumpy arsehole because they genuinely are upset about something or there's something that's genuinely annoyed them and we've saying are you in a mood again even if you're joking we don't find it funny it's not funny we always get called moody and to be called moody when you're genuinely having feelings about something is invalidating and it's not a nice feeling and you're basically going cheer up oh never mind you know cheer up oh you need to be happier and you need to put a smile on your face and because all those comments mean the same thing as are you in a mood again it's like going you will again bloody hell you ill again it doesn't help you wouldn't say that to someone with who who's falls over or someone who's got diabetes or someone you wouldn't say comments that purposely hurt a person and you don't realize that it's hurting a person because you're saying are you in a mood again well they're not in a mood they have a disorder they have a mental illness so it's not just something they can just snap out of and something they can just get over because if they could get over it they would but obviously they can't and there's obviously something wrong and there's something that they want to talk about but they can't talk about it because they feel like they're going to get judged and having that statement are you in a mood again is basically judgment city so, but that's how I view it. Another person may view it a little bit differently, but that's how it comes across to me. And with that being said, saying a phrase like, you've got nothing to be upset about, again, is such an invalidating statement that it just hurts. You don't know what goes through a person's mind. You don't know what their fears and what upsets them what might not be scary to you may be scary to somebody else and it's a case of knowing your person that you're speaking to and not just yeah her name's her name's bob and she her name's bob and she's 72 and she likes coffee because that's not really knowing a person that's that's not even basics and I don't mean just knowing her favourite colour and knowing what she likes to eat for dinner. I mean genuinely knowing, okay, if I speak like this, she's not going to be happy. She's going to be upset. I best not ask this question because I know it's a little bit of a sore topic at the moment. So we'll approach it together. I'll wait till she approaches the topic or, you know, I don't want to. You, like you would look after a family member, someone who you really care about. That's getting to know somebody. But that's my opinion. So talking and saying, like, are you in the mood again? 
or you've got nothing to be upset about is invalidating the person this person could be rich they could have millions of pounds living in a big fancy house they could be royalty they could be whatever if you say you've got nothing to worry about because you've got money then you're a materialistic person and they may not be a materialistic person they may be wealthy because they've worked hard but the money might mean might not mean as much to them as it means to you they may genuinely be upset because yes they've got loads of money but they haven't got anyone to spend it with or they may be depressed because they don't know who to trust because people just want them for their money they may be depressed because to but in order to work hard the, the hard work that they've put into means that they've lost friends and family who really didn't care about them it could mean that they've been been through a trauma they've could have been through anything you don't know what that person has been in their lifetime whether they're rich or poor no matter where they are in the world people always have something that can upset them and to you it may be nothing but to them it could be a part of their dream and with that being said also because i never say that a lot so when someone is in the midst of a depressive episode or they're going through sensory overload or they're not having a great time and this may not be for someone who is who does have a mental illness this could be for anybody for absolutely anybody but if someone's genuinely feeling down and you want to kind of give them something to do something that will help them give, make them feel better I want to be the first person to say that having a bath, going for a walk, having a cup of tea does not make anything okay. It does, it's another way of burying your head in the sand. And I know as British people, there's a stiff, a stiff upper lip and there's burying your head in the sand. And that does not get rid of your problems. And if you have anxiety and you're having an anxiety attack and you're overthinking about problems that you're having and even if they may be small problems to everybody else but they're a big problem to you and you get told just to have a bath go to walk have go for a walk have a cup of tea a cup of coffee and everything will be fine that person's going to sit in the baths go for a walk and have a cup of tea and think no this isn't going to be fine because it's not going to solve any problems so to suggest to do something like that it's, it's not very helpful if you went to a psychologist and they said go and have a bath have a walk and go and have a cup of tea you would sack that you would sack that person and you wouldn't go to that person again because i'm not giving valid advice and if you genuinely don't know what to say it's better saying i don't know how to help you but i will try my best instead of have a cup of tea have go for a walk and have a bath and i'm gonna i'm just saying it how it is i'm not trying to be an arsehole i'm just saying it from my personal view so some people having a cup of tea may make them feel a little bit better it may help on the surface level it might not get rid of their problem 100 percent, but it may actually help them on a surface level someone going to have a bath may help on the surface level it may make them feel a bit cleaner it may give them a fresh mind it may help them 
think about problems while they're in there depending on how long you have a bath for because some people go for 10 minutes some people go for four hours and trust me i know someone who has a bath for four hours and go for a walk may help it may take you outside see new people it it could help different people so i'm not saying it helps absolutely nobody it could help on the surface for some people but if you've got a complex mental illness and you've got chronic depression you've got major depression you've got depressive episodes you're you've got um the psychosis and depression or you've got pp bpd where you do get upset going for a walk is not going to make any difference if you feel like no one cares about you no one loves you going for a bath is not going to help you feel any better not at all so instead of asking or saying to go for a walk go and have a bath or have a cup of tea what you can suggest is to do something mindful so you can say let's go for a walk and have a mindful walk and you could go okay let's do something mindful and if you don't know what mindfulness is it's basically using all your senses so go for a walk you can go for a nice walk in like a nice stroll maybe not down the street maybe go to a park and you can think about the things that you can hear and concentrate on the things you can hear concentrate on the things you can see concentrate on the things you can taste what you can smell what you can feel and how do you feel and that may help bring a person down because it's a type of meditation so that may help maybe you can do that whilst having a cup of tea and doing mindfulness while having a cup of tea and what you can taste what you can smell etc and maybe you can do that while you're in while you're in the bath but suggesting that as a whole isn't going to solve the problem and what people genuinely look for is a solution and that's kind of the approach that i believe you need to take is to help find a solution so you could say let's break down the problem so we can find a solution together well, don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. We can do this together. Because again, that's just this form of reassurance that you're not going to go anywhere. I'm going to choose one last one to do because I have been speaking for a little while. And saying to someone to stop attention seeking, it's kind of the same as saying stop being dramatic. I know people who have BPD tend to get this a lot and they tend to get told that they're attention seeking but in actual fact they're not. Generally what a person with BPD may do and this may be true for other people with other mental illnesses but we tend to try and find a way to ask for help without asking for help because we're scared of rejection and we're scared that if we ask for help that you're going to say no and you don't actually care anymore and will disappoint you and you won't want to talk to us anymore and that generally is why we may do something that may seem attention seeking because we are we are asking for your attention same way a baby wouldn't a, a baby wouldn't genuinely go mom dad i've got an issue i know i'm six months old but just sit down and listen to me it's the same way we, we can't some sometimes we can't fully just go i need your help can you help me because we're too scared generally we're too scared 
I'm 22 years of age and at this moment in time, I still find it hard to go, mum, I need help. Dad, I need help. I, I, I still find it hard. So I might ask in different ways than just, mum, dad, I need help. So calling someone a, an attention seeker and saying stop attention seeking, it's kind of like asking them to stop communicating. And it's not always helpful. So if you see or you feel like someone is attention seeking, then obviously take that as a sign that they need help. And again, ask, are you okay? What's, is there anything I can help you with? What, you know, what do you want to talk about? Is there, a, is there something that we can go through together? Would you like some help with this? Don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. I understand, this is normal. We'll get through this together. Okay, now we've got the problem, let's break it down. Are you looking from my perspective or would you rather me just listen? I'm sorry you're going through this. I'm here, in, I'm here if you need me. And so on and so forth. All that is very reassuring and can help someone feel like they're cared for. So that's it for today. And there are some more examples. So if you want to read some more examples and you want to see what else I've got on this list of mine, then check out our blog. Go to www.quirkynormally.co.uk and click on our blog. We will have a link in the description for you to get straight there. And so I have been EJ and I have been chatting your ear off for the past how long. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast and I hope to see you soon. Ciao bella my people.